episode 75 of the Aggressive Progressive podcast. We are all devastated at the loss of RGB. And if you weren't already motivated, now's your time. It's getting real. The stakes are high. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. I don't know what else there is to say about RBG that hasn't already been said. I'm an attorney. I am well aware of her prowess, both as an attorney uh, winning multiple cases in front of the Supreme Court, and then as a justice who spent most of her career dissenting. She was president of a few key majority opinions, most notably upholding Obamacare. Um, she will be missed, America. Um, it's a, a, a devastating blow. Uh, and it really doesn't change this political race. So let me, let, me, let me point that out. I haven't seen any real polling uh, since her death on Friday. I imagine by, you know, the weekend we'll have a clearer picture if there's any impact at all. But if it has, here's the number that I, I'll throw out at you. So at Friday night, on Friday night around 7 o'clock, the news broke. By Sunday night at 7 o'clock, ActBlue reported over $100 million in donations to Democrats. Oh, that goes for Biden and the Senate races. $100 million in two days. I would say that this is a very motivating factor for progressives in this country. We're going to have... there. Look, I don't know if there's any way to really stop the Republicans from putting another person on the court between now and January 1st when I believe they'll lose power in the Senate as well. It's possible. It's possible that somebody will have a conscience because I don't think it's all. I also don't think it's possible for there to be an actual vote in the United States Senate before Election Day. President's going to name his new justice nominee on Friday or Saturday. I would say Friday. The process takes time. You got to have hearings. The Senate doesn't work well when it's not operating under unanimous consent. And there's no reason for the Democrats to give unanimous consent on this. By the way, we still don't have a Senate bill 
or a compromise bill, I should say, on COVID-19 relief. People are losing their jobs. They're losing their homes. Um, you know, you'd think that that would take priority in the U.S. Senate, but not in Mitch McConnell's Senate. I don't believe that there'll be enough time to have a vote between now and Election Day. I do think there'll be enough time to have a vote between now and January 1 when they lose power completely in the United States Senate. Now, another thing could happen between now and January. Mark Kelly could win the seat in the United States Senate from Arizona, and he will take office as soon as the state um, certifies that election, which could be late November. So he could be a sitting senator sometime in November. And that's one less vote that the Democrats would need to block whoever, whatever far right justice this president puts forward. I don't know if it's going to be Amy Coney Bryant, who we've all heard about. I don't know if it's going to be uh, the Cuban American justice judge from Florida. If I was him politically, that's who I'd choose. The guy can't win this election without Florida. He's losing the state of Florida. He should do everything he can to motivate Cubans in Florida. So that might be, you know, somebody that put, they put forward. The question is, is anybody going to grow a spine? Now, what happens if they get this judge on board? Now, look, I, I, think, I think saying that it's going to be generations of conservative rule of the court is, is not necessarily accurate. I think that Clarence Thomas is getting older. He should probably retire in the next four years. They were trying to get him to retire now. Um, you know, Clarence Thomas is older. Um, you could see another, uh, judge there. I think that they, they should admit Puerto Rico and the district of Columbia as new States. And I, and I don't think that that should be done as punishment. I think the Democrats should have done that in 2008. I don't know why they didn't. They should just do it. It's time. This is, these are, are millions of Americans who have no representation in the Congress. And I don't think that this should be considered punishment. I think Republicans should be on board with this. I think we, should, we, we were founded under a slogan of no taxation without representation. How could we let this injustice happen for so long? Uh, the District of Columbia has been in this situation since we founded this country. Puerto Rico has been a territory for over 100 years. Why are we not allowing them into the union at this point? With full faith and credit, why are we not giving them the same representation we have? I, look, you've heard me say this before. I want to reform the Senate. I think it's undemocratic. I think we have minority rule in this country. But let's do everything we can to make sure at least everybody who's a citizen in this country is represented in Congress and in the United, in the House and in the Senate. So, yeah, I think that those things should happen. It should happen on day one. I think that the Congress should pass that bill on January 21st and Biden should sign it immediately. Assuming he becomes president. And that a lot of that has to do with us, right? We have to work our butts off to get this guy elected. If you think the stakes aren't high, you know, the stakes are high. You know, as for packing the court, I don't know how I feel about that. I think that lends to, you know, lends itself to a vicious cycle of endless court packing where, you know, you know, six, eight years from now, the Republicans could take control uh, of the Congress and the Republicans could say, all right, we're going to add three more seats. And then we'll come back and we'll add three more. So when does it end? How does it end? Well, how does that legitimize the court? I do think that the Democrats are entitled to a seat from Merrick Garland. And something has to be done from that injustice. 
and the hypocrisy being shown by the right shouldn't surprise any of us. It doesn't surprise me. I, I could have called this, uh, you know, a, you know, four years ago, that if the shoe was on the other foot and Mitch McConnell was still in power, he'd do the same exact thing. The question is, does he have 51 votes in his caucus? We know right now that two of them have defected. I don't know if Susan Collins will stay defected if she loses her election in Maine in November, which I believe she will lose. So she loses in November and then the vote comes up. I I think that she's going to vote with the president. That's what I think. I just think that she's going to be too ticked off not to. So maybe we need two or three more votes. It didn't have to be this way. I, 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 you know, this is all McConnell's fault, right? This is the this is the environment McConnell created in the United States Senate. Iron-fisted rule, did away with all the old rules. It's just despicable. But we should be motivated now. This should motivate us all to get working. Now, I, you know, I, I know I got a lot of people who listen to me, or maybe you're listening to me the first time. And maybe you were a Bernie supporter and you've been thinking to yourself, well, I don't know if I'm for Biden. You better be for Biden. Because if you think the court's going to be right wing now, just wait. I mean, uh, you know, Justice Breyer is 80 years old. Um, Clarence Thomas is in his 80s. Those are two judges that are going to probably be replaced in the next four years. Who's going to replace them? Do you want it to be Joe Biden? Or do you want it to be Donald Trump pandering to the right wing in this country? Then we'll have a court that will reinterpret the Constitution to say he can get another term. I don't know how you do that when it's pretty clear. It's the, this is the thing that, you know, Republicans want judges who just read the law, don't write the law. I mean, the, the court's entire purpose is to interpret the law. And to apply the law to the facts before it. That is the role of the court. And they say they don't want activist judges, but we're going to get an activist judge, right? We're going to get a judge from Donald Trump who will absolutely vote to overturn Roe v. Wade, or at least, if not all of it, most of it, making it harder for women, particularly in the reddest of red states, to have access to reproductive health care. I mean, we're playing with fire here. We're playing with fire. Four more years of uh, Donald Trump, and you could maybe even say goodbye to birth control in this country. And, and I'm not exaggerating. Uh, you know, we, we've seen uh, the type of person that Amy Comey Bryant is, and she's at the top of his list of replacement judges. So, sad. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a giant uh, but God, I mean, if nothing is getting you motivated, if nothing is unifying, I, I saw my former boss, Chuck Schumer, standing with AOC last night at a press conference talking about, you know, everything's on the table if the Republicans go through with this. And I, I think, look, I think they're going to go through with it. They know one thing. they know, Raw power. That's who they are. They will do it. They don't care that they're hypocrites. They don't care that they're probably going to lose the Senate as a result of this. They don't see past the next day they they're they're just like Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't see next past the next moment in time. The Republicans are not looking 20 years into the future for their elections. They're seeing I'm going to put a 45 year old right wing nut on the on the Supreme Court. They will be there for 35 years. So, yeah, they're going to do it. It has been their goal the entire time. 
to you know they they criticize Democrats uh, for years. They criticize Democrats for appointing quote activist judges. All they have done is appoint revisionist historians to the Supreme Court. It's going to be a rough, rough time in that court for progressive causes for a very long time. And I don't know that the Democrats are going to be able to stop it. So your, your goal right now is to get Joe Biden elected and to get a Democratic Senate. And let's get two more states into this country so people can vote. and Maybe they'll vote Democratic in those states. And we'll have less of a minority rule in this country. I mean, this is what scares me the most. You know, right now we have a president who was elected with 45% of of the vote. We have a Senate that is dominated by Republicans, which represent less than, way less than 50% of the American population. They represent about 45% themselves. So 55% of this country did not want those senators in there. 55%. 55 percent of Americans didn't want Donald Trump there. They didn't all vote for Hillary Clinton, but they didn't want Donald Trump. We have minority rule in this country. They had minority rule in Iraq. They have minority rule in a lot of places in this in this world where there are tyrants running it. We are we are currently under minority rule in this United in these United States of America. It's the tyranny of the minority. It was the exact opposite of what the founders feared. The, the founders feared the tyranny of the majority. The majority is under the thumb of the minority in this country because most Americans are not Republicans. Most Americans are not conservative. The vast majority of this country is not conservative. Even Republicans, I would say 30% of them are not conservative. But we are slipping into that conservatism and it's going to be ugly for, for these causes. So get to work electing Democrats all over this country, whether you agree with them or not whether you think that they're too liberal or too soft or whatever, this is what that brought. For all you people out there who sat on your hands in 2016 because Bernie Sanders wasn't the nominee, this is what that brought. Three justices for Donald Trump. Guy probably can't even spell justice. Doesn't know what justice is. Tweets out law and order. Kind of like my grandfather watching it. Oh, law and order. Of course, my grandfather didn't have Twitter. It is it is a sad day, and I am sad. I, you can tell I'm worked up. I, uh, I'm really worked up. Uh, I, But I am not, you know, I, 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 I tweeted this out. Democrats take every event as a sign of doom. Republicans take it as a sign of glee. But the numbers haven't changed in a year. Joe Biden's been up for, you know, seven to nine points for the last year. He's up three to five points in swing states for the last year. Nothing has changed because people know who Donald Trump is. They've made up their mind about Donald Trump. Now we got to get them to make up their mind for Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden can win this election huge. I think he could take states we're not even thinking about right now. We're not even considering. They're barely on the map. I think that's going to happen. I'm excited, sad and excited at the same time. So I, uh, I have a guest for you, and I just want to warn you, we recorded this before the Ruth Bader Ginsburg news, but there were lots of other scandals going on, and we talked about all of them. Janet Johnson's been on the show before, one of my best friends. 
uh, who I've never met. <laughs> so I think of all the people who I've never met that I'm friends with, Janet's my best one. Um, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's a good interview uh, with her. It doesn't touch on this. But I'll be back after this interview to tell you a little bit more about how I'm feeling and uh, the call to action that you need to get going on. So uh, listen to this. I'll be right back. The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing. But the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are now on the Car Pro Show. He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself! Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. Buckle up, folks. The CarPro Show podcast is here to rescue you from the doldrums of everyday life. And you can find it on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast cravings take you. What do we have here, Doctor? Looks like yet another case of the CarPro Show podcast giddies. Do you concur? I concur. And it's spreading like wildfire. I know, but the podcast is so powerful. Jerry and Kevin dish out all the juicy car news from the CarPro Friends universe. They review and chat about the latest car lineups from all the big players in the industry. And they take live calls to help steer car buyers in the right direction. It's highly addictive and impossible to shake. Do we alert the press? Are you crazy? If more people discover the Car Pro Show podcast and its cornucopia of car curriculum, this thing will spiral out of control. <laughs> Listen to the Car Pro Show on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast desires take you. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com <laughs> All right, joining me now, you know, look, uh, I'm going to have Janet on as often as, as possible between now and the election because Janet's my political soul sister. And, uh, you know, we have this connection politically, uh, I think, that is, is good. And I think we, we have good conversations and I think America likes hearing it. So uh, how you doing, Janet? I'm well. I kind of, uh, I think I texted you this week, you know, do you feel good, bad, or don't know? Because this week, I, you know, it's getting close. We're almost a month out, which is a little scary, quite frankly. I, I, I usually get so excited this time of year, you know, but yeah. the stakes are so high, right? Yeah. I mean, this is like, I like politics. I like the X's and O's, the art of it. You know, I'm, I'm a progressive, but I can respect when the other side makes a chess move. You know, here we are in this situation where there's a guy who just has to be beat. He has to be beat. Yeah. So I feel good that he's going to get beat. I think that the polling actually might be skewed a little bit in his favor with the 2016 modeling. I think that it's going to be an election more like 2012 or maybe even 20, 2008, which wow. is really bad for him, right? If it's a 2008 election, he's done, right? So um, I, I, I have said this before to you, and I'll say it again. I said it already earlier on the show. I believe Florida will be called on election night for Joe Biden. 
by you know, 1130. I, I think so. Too. You know, I live in Florida, to anyone who doesn't know that. Um, and I, I don't get out as much as I used to, so I don't really know what people are <laughs> saying. But because um, it's still really bad here, by the way. I don't know if New Yorkers, I, I feel like, you know, I have this image of you guys just sort of skipping down the street and like living a normal life while we're still not living a normal life. It's right. not like that. But, um, I, you know, based on like signs and, you know, my phone calling, I Florida feels very different than 16. People are not, you know, I think that the anti-Hillary sentiment was very unique. And Biden, I mean, how do you get exorcised over Joe Biden? It just doesn't you, happen. You can't. You can't. And when, you know, the governor's race was as close as it was last time, you know, Gillum, you know, Gillum was a good candidate, but there were things that, you know, Gillum is not Joe Biden. He was not a household name, a tried and true person that people have known their whole lives and never really had negative feelings to. Right. Um, You know, Joe Biden is is going to do better than Andrew Gillum did in Florida. And Andrew Gillum was like, what, point five away from winning. It triggered the automatic recount. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, his. I have to say I volunteered. First, I was a Gwen Graham supporter, um, and I I actually think she would have done even better, but she didn't win in the primary, so I guess the evidence is that she wouldn't have. But, you know, we got a lot of that socialist thing, and that does play here uniquely, I think, because of Hispanic immigrants. The Cubans, for sure. Cubans, especially, yeah. yeah. And um, people, I think... Somehow, even though he was a Hillary delegate, he was endorsed early by Bernie, and that really hurt him. Yeah. He, you know, people, Bernie does not have clout with the kind of voters that we need to get this time around. I mean, I, I think the Bernie people are their own unique, you know, animal anyway. And obviously, Hillary needed to, you know, sort of suck up to those people for, you know, lack of a better word. But I, I don't think this time those people are either going to come on board or not, either they're fed up or they're not, you know, treating them like unicorns this time, I don't think is necessary or good. Right. But getting away from Bernie in Florida is really necessary. I, I look, and, I think it's I think you could do both. I think you could have people courting the Bernie vote, uh, Bernie himself courting the Bernie vote. He knows who yeah. his voters are. And yeah. you could have Joe Biden staying away from Bernie. And when you got a guy like Mike Bloomberg, you know, spending a hundred million dollars in the state, that's going to help. I think it will. It's interesting because we get a lot of ads. I mean, Joe was spending the money here and I haven't seen a Trump ad in 60 days, maybe mm. I mean, in a long time. And we see a Bernie, I mean, a Joe ad every hour. I mean, it's, well, maybe you're watching too much MSNBC. <laughs> watching too much. MSNBC. I, don't, I don't think Trump's running ads. On, <laughs> you, go put on the tractor pull and see who's running ads on there. And then you'll, you'll, you'll know. I mean, we you, watched Saratoga racing every day that it was that they were doing it. Horse racing. I mean, we are watching way too much TV for sure. Right. But, um, he's on a, a lot of different channels. He's on a lot. Uh, let me direct your attention to a show called a little show called Cobra Kai, my friend. Very good. <laughs> Gets a little dark in the last episode, but it's a very good show. <laughs> I mean, if there's a Netflix or a BBC, you know, Brit Box is our is our favorite. You know, we know three. Yeah. So I'm a big Netflix guy. I I watched Cobra Kai. I went from Cobra Kai to a show called Away, mm-hmm. which is like too intense. Like Cobra Kai was perfect for this moment. Dumb fun nostalgic 
you know, nothing to it until the la- literally the last episode of six, season two. I won't tell you what happened, but it got a little oh, no. dark, got a little dark. I was like, what is this? This is Cobra Kai. I don't watch this for this. <laughs> well, and I mean, maybe on our, you know, that might be on our radar next. But, you know, there, there's not a lack of Joe. I mean, I see all these, you know, people criticizing Joe needs to do this more, needs to do that more. I mean, I think he's obviously running a good campaign, right? Um, in 16 here, people were not happy with what Hillary was doing. I mean, they felt like she took the Obama machine, dismantled it because she didn't want or her right. didn't want to be, you know, beholden or imitate anyone but the Clinton machine. And it didn't work. I mean, yeah. it didn't work here. And people were really angry on the ground. I mean, I live in Duval County, which is a 50-50. I mean, that, we should win Duval. Yeah, right? I, I think any candidate that runs away from the from the, you know, incumbent popular president always loses. I mean, Al Gore lost that way. Hillary Clinton lost that way. It's just not a, you can't run away from it. You're part of it. You got to embrace it. You got to, you know, take the strengths on. It's not something that you can physically do. And it's a great thing that Joe actually has because Obama's hugely popular and he is that administration. So if they're trying to tie him to, you know, I saw, was it Nikki Haley saying, you'll get eight more years like you got under Obama. Yeah, yeah great. You mean used, I don't have to be a pandemic? Yeah, we used to leave the house. Those yeah. years, those Remember years. when the economy was good and you could go out? Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that don't threaten me with that. R- remember guys. when Vladimir Putin wasn't welcome at the White House? <laughs> We didn't have indoctrination in our school. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tweeted when I saw that. I've been watching another show I'm watching, which is not on Netflix. It's on Amazon, uh, is Man in the High Castle. And I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. this is like what they do there. It is. I mean, you know, I think we overuse the Nazi metaphors, but we're there. I mean, if we, if you're forcing sterilization of yeah. parents, you're in a place that we should not be as Americans, and we should be able to agree. You know, all of these administration people coming out, it's its really amazing. I mean, would you and I be able to embrace a Republican candidate the way they're embracing Joe Biden? No. I hope so, but it's, you know, it's not in my DNA to, to campaign or support Republicans. and It's not in theirs either, but they're doing it. They're doing it because they know. I mean, it's yeah. the coalition. I say it's the coalition of the decent. I don't care that I'm going to disagree with them on November 5th. Uh, up until November 3rd, I agree with them that Trump needs to go. And then if we want to start talking about policies that don't work on their side, we can talk about them. Yeah, I'm prepared for them to turn on us immediately. Oh, they're going to turn on us immediately. All right, hold on. Janet Johnson is back with me. Janet, uh, you know, talking about Florida politics. You know, I, I saw that mom myth poll, which had uh, Trump doing very well with Latinos. And I just feel like it's too Cuban. I just I don't know yeah. that Monmouth's model has adjusted for the 800,000 or so Puerto Ricans who've moved to the I-4 corridor since Trump has been president. Yeah, I mean, famously, it's hard to poll in Florida. I mean, everyone says that. I, You know, it, the Hispanic population here is different than it is in New York, Texas, California. I mean, it is more conservative. Like you said, the Cubans are not going to abandon the Republican Party. You know, they were famously loyal to Reagan and, yep. you know, it's stuck. They, they had reasons to be loyal to Reagan, yeah. you know, I mean, Very it's, boat lift. I mean, yeah. you know, this is, I, I get that. I do get it. And the socialism thing we're talking about, it does stick, even though like Joe Biden said, look at me, do I look like, I know, I know. Well, that's and, why it's good that one of the richest men in the world is going to spend his own money there. Like, you think he wants socialism? One of the world's best capitalists? Right. 
Well, you know, everyone was so angry when he spoke at the convention. I mean, this is not a popular, you know, that that part of the part, the AOC, you know, Bernie people are knocking us, you know, us being mainstream Democrats for, you know, kind of allowing these people to be part of the party. Uh, if If we win, I think that's, you know, obviously the result that you want. But I would I am nervous every time about that in Florida. And, you know, I think seniors are going to break more democratic. Me too. Well, I mean, he's, he's losing, he's lost ground with seniors in every poll of Florida. And I think that matters a lot because they're going to, a lot of them are going to vote by mail. A lot of them are going to vote early. We're going to know on election night, Florida's good at counting their ballots because they were so bad at it in 2000. They had to change everything and they got the best system now. So, and we, you know, the absentee ballots, we don't wait till after to count them. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest difference. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, seniors, it's sort of shocking because you think of them as being conservative. But when you go on TV constantly and say, basically, if you're sick or an elderly, we don't care yeah. if you're going to die. Yeah, when your policy on this virus is herd immunity, well, who's going to die, Florida seniors? Like, right, who's going to die? It, I mean, Florida seniors particularly because your governor's a moron. Right. I mean, bars are reopening. But I also, I think we need to point out that Trump called it herd mentality. Yeah. I, everyone's we all correct for him. I, I I pointed that out in an earlier segment, but go ahead, keep going. Well, it's frustrating because if you know Joe Biden, you know said black and he meant beige. You know we would act like yep. you know needs to be committed to an insane asylum. But this man has no idea what he's talking if about. If Joe Biden had said herd mentality, Tucker Carlson would have opened his show with it. Exactly. exactly. For a week. And, for a week. And instead, they want to convince us that we should believe this guy over. Uh, can I tell you something, buddy? Let it keep going. You're right. You're because right. there's no, going to be a debate in a week and a half, and everybody yeah. thinks Joe Biden is mentally incompetent. And when he comes out and he's not mentally incompetent, and yeah. Donald Trump is, oh, you think the polls are good right now for Joe Biden? The day, you know, the week after that debate, when we get a fresh right. round of polling, it's going to be all over. And I, I, I've said this before. I don't think Donald Trump's going to debate all three times. I, I think he's setting that up. I think that ambush language. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm talking to uncommitted voters and that's an ambush. They're asking yeah. questions. They were fantastic. <laughs> they were they were asking questions. They weren't really hard questions to even figure out, too, quite no. frankly. Why Could have anticipated every one of those questions. Yeah, and all you would have to do if he came out tomorrow and said everyone should wear a mask. I am, you know, I'm telling everyone, please wear a mask. I'm telling everyone, you know, do simple things. He would get so much credit. They would throw a ticker tape yeah. parade for him. Yeah. I mean, even though he's botched everything up until now, he would still. He's incapable of incapable. doing the right thing. I mean, like I said, I don't know if I said this to you after the George Floyd incident, you know, he could have just said, we're renaming the bases. I'm taking down all the statues. Easy things for him to do. He would have gotten way too much credit for those easy things. He couldn't even do it. Yeah, I mean, he still must feel that his standing with the far right is tenuous. I mean, he still panders to these people that seem to be, you know, very much in his corner. Yeah. But he really, I mean, you know, this announcement today that, you know, we can't, we're not going to teach anything about slavery. And, you know, we are going to embrace white supremacy. That's essentially what he Yeah, said. yeah. It's, it's nuts, right? It's, I mean, this is... It's not going to happen either, by the way. That's just, not, at least not in this state. Um, maybe well, your state. the idea that the federal government is going to... I mean, this is the 
antithesis of what the Republican Party allegedly stands for. Right. You know, it's some kind of national curriculum. That's not supposed to be what they want. Well, I know, you know, why don't these guys stand up? I don't I don't get it. I mean, you would think by now, with his numbers as weak as they are, you would think that you'd see more rats leaving the sinking ship. It's it's very odd. I mean, they double down instead, you know, because they think he's going to I think they think he's going to steal the election and he's going to be like the dictator and they don't want to they don't want to piss off. the dictator. Up. Yeah, they don't want to go on trial. Yeah. You know, and that does you know, that is the one thing that's this nagging concern is. And I think that's why he's so against voting by mail, because it's, I think it's harder for him somehow to meddle in that. Right. You know, he's trying, but I think it's going to be harder. But, you know, it does make you wonder that they're spending so little money. They have so little money, which doesn't make sense. Where'd it go? It's all like at Trump properties. They spent it on golf carts. Well, but that's the the government's doing that. The campaign doesn't even have to spend that. The campaign is spending money there, too. They they, they are siphoning money. This is the whole thing's a scam. Like everything about this guy is just it's like it's like the build the wall scam. It's on a greater level. I mean, people's money are just it's being burnt. And no one they don't care. That's what's nuts. That they do not care that this guy, it's the Trump University business model. Yeah. And, and even that they didn't care about. He spent $25 million he had to pay because he defrauded people. I mean, the other amazing thing is that you and I, even you and I as liberals, didn't start out by saying the 26th woman came out today and accused him of sexual assault. Uh, amazing. I mean, that, if Joe Biden had one person. They're still talking about the one woman who originally said it's not like. And, and the woman who accused Joe Biden of, of sexual assault said in an interview, well, it's not like he threw me up against the wall and, you right. know. She fu- collided. I mean, right. She barely lied. She changed her mind and said, oh, no, I can't get any press unless I say he threw me up against. Literally said the thing she said he didn't do in an interview. Right. Right. And they still were like, you you know, shame on you for not covering this. It's not even on the news today. Right. It's not even. And it's a credible allegation. First of all, it's exactly like the 25 other allegations. So we know it's credible. And it's a woman who corroborated it. She told people in real time. There's, you know, she hasn't changed her story. Why? Why? Why do we I think that it? sex scandals only apply to Democrats. I think that's it. I don't think that Republicans can have sex scandals unless they are homosexual sex scandals. Same but sex even scandals. That, I mean, I think he he could be caught with Mike Pence and no one would, you know, they would just sort of find a way to gloss over it. Yeah, you know? that would be funny, wouldn't it? It would be really funny. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. <laughs> I think the, the national reaction would be, ew. <laughs> I mean, they're so, it, they're, it would we could do a lot with it. It would be, it would be really a, a hoot. It would be the opening opening sketch on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it would be fantastic. But Or with Putin, even better, because you know that's what he really fantasizes about. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, I even catch myself, like, forgetting what last week's scandal was or yesterday's scandal. I mean, there it is outrageous on top of outrageous. It's the scandal of the week. We have, look. I'm taking you for a while tonight because I want to talk about Bill Barr. I want to talk about all the other stuff uh, because there's just too much. And I think that, look, this is why he's going to lose. We're exhausted. The American people are exhausted. Sleepy Joe sounds great to me. I want to get some sleep. Okay. And if I don't have to think about the president for a couple of days in a row, 
That'll be good. And I'm a political pundit. I remember when right. people had to work for these shows. I remember when I used to have to book reporters about topics. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just I don't even have to prep anymore. It's what just, are we going to do, though, with all that time? It is going to be, I mean, you know, knock on wood, I, we, I hope this happens. But it, it's going to, it is going to be hard to fill that time. We'll read books. We'll talk about we'll be, We'll be more productive as we'll a society. Be, yeah, yeah. Right, because that's why part of the reason the economy sucks. We are always thinking about this nonsense from this man all the time, and now it's deadly for some people. All right, I'm back with Janet Johnson, one of my favorite political analysts. You see her on CNN. She's at J Johnson Law on your Twitter devices. She's a Floridian, an attorney from Florida, and uh, formerly of Connecticut. So this is the thing about Florida, Janet. It's you know, you got people like you who have moved down there for the nice weather and opportunity, clean, big highways, you know, not a lot of traffic. Uh, and then, you know, you go a little bit outside of that area and you got, yeah. you know, so it's weird. I know when we first moved here and I, I just always thought I'm the only Jew that's like in this county right now. Yeah, you're in northern Florida. If you yeah. were in southern Florida, you wouldn't feel that way. <laughs> no, no, it's a different it's a different state altogether. Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, Florida is a weird beast. And, you know, I had I think a lot of us gave up. We don't have we have one statewide elected Democrat, you know, Nikki Freed, who's everywhere. You yeah. Her a lot. The next she's, governor of the state of Florida, if yeah, you ask me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She's a star. She's, she's the agriculture commissioner, by yep. the way, which is like that sort of bizarre that that's what the Democrats picked up. Yeah. Um, it's so bizarre. <laughs> so bizarre, right? Although, the, you know, they deal with guns, you know, and tobacco and the gas station. I mean, they deal with things that are very counterintuitive. Right. Um, that's under her purview. But, you know, I, Florida has not, the Democratic Party has not been great here, and we haven't done well. And, you know, so it, it, it was discouraging. I I do think it's, I think we're going to win. I mean, I do. I feel awkward saying that because it's, you know, we're all very shell-shocked, I think, from 16. But um, I I think he's going to win here. And I think it's just a unique thing about Biden that it's, you know, you and I. He's Uncle Joe. He's your buddy. He's a guy who's been around forever. How are you going to call him a socialist? Even Kamala Harris, she's, she's a prosecutor. Well, and that was the whole knock. You know, she's a cop, right? That was the knock. I mean, it's it's hard to pigeonhole her because she's a black woman, she's a Democrat, yep. liberal, but she also was a prosecutor. So, you know, she has a record of putting people in jail and, you know, prosecuting. She was a prosecutor most of her career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Much longer than she's been a senator. So right. it, it's, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, she's not, yeah. it's, it's hard to call her weak on crime when she's actually locked people up. I mean, they're the, it's the perfect ticket. I really, like, for this time, you know, I know I have a lot of friends that were Warren supporters, and we all know Bernie supporters. He is really the perfect person for right now. Yeah. You know, I think the empathy is so important right now. You know, yeah. look at Bill Barr saying, you know, he's trying to prosecute protesters. He wants, he wants to lock up mayors. I mean, you know, he is... Well, he's fascist. I mean, what I, Bill Barr, I mean, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, Bill Barr, the speech he gave about, you know, calling his uh, basically, you know, referring to line prosecutors in the Department of Justice is like kindergarten. Idiots. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I worked uh, in the federal courts. Yeah. Um, the best of the best go to DOJ. Right. It is not a place where 
You know, you have, you know, people who goof off. You have people who are very serious. percent conviction rate. I mean, uh, you know, when I go to federal court, it's we're going to plead. I mean, you're not doing anything but pleading because they have you and they're going to they're going to convict you. Right. Not any question about that. It's just can you get less time? And, you know, the morale there, starting even with Sessions, I mean, starting early on, I knew a lot of prosecutors left the U.S. Attorney's Office. But this is. You know the basement. It's bonkers. It's worse. It's bonkers. It, it, well, he's a bad, bad guy. I mean, I think we're down to the dregs because the people who have stayed for four years are truly the worst people, right? This, I mean, if you were a decent person, you would have left. I mean, it's you know this the person who just came out today, the Pence, you know, Livia. Um, her last name, the woman who just cut this video saying yeah. supporting Biden. You know, she said, "I thought I could do the best work." checking them, staying here and, you know, doing the work. And then I would go home and I'd look in the mirror and realize, you know, I'm not helping people anymore because he's not helping people anymore. And, you know, you can't fix it from within. You know, you you wish that you could, but you can't. So the people who are staying, they really want to, you know, be fascist. They really want to promote what he, you know, is doing, which is basically lining his pocket. And I guess they think they can maybe line their pocket in the process? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't understand Bill Barr. I mean, Bill Barr, I mean, the only thing I could say is he's a monarchist, right? I mean, he believes in a monarchy and he wants this guy to be the king. I mean, I he doesn't believe in small R Republican form of government. He must not. Right. I mean, he just no, can't. But I, I think he he wants the next person. I don't think I don't get any of these guys that really admire Donald Trump. I mean, I don't think they go home and think, oh, you know, I'm working for this great person. They they don't think the things they say. Right. I think he thinks that he could be the next guy or, you know, someone even, you know, honestly, there's more dangerous people out there because there's so many smarter people than Donald Trump. Yeah. You, know, you set this up for the next person who like a Tom Cotton. Yes. You know, like that, some dangerous, that, you know, yes. well-educated yes, potential monarch. Yes. You know, I mean, that's the that's the next phase of this evil plan is you bring in someone who's actually good and at like conveying a message. I mean, this guy, you know, that town hall, you know, that was a very alarming thing to watch. I mean, he was, he's not used to being in front of an audience that he can't just walk away. Right. Right. And he's not up for the task of answering questions. I mean, he, you know, I can't wait for the debates. I can't. uh, Yeah. I can't wait. I don't know. I'm going to watch them with like one eye closed. If at no, all. I mean, I'm watching him with both eyes open, and I think Joe Biden's <laughs> gonna wi- he's gonna wipe the floor with him. And I, and I think look, remember the bar for Biden is if he doesn't eat the microphone, he won right. the debate. They have made it like this guy, you know, should be wearing a helmet on the stage. Well, that's the dumbest thing I think they've done. It's this whole the whole thing, right? Is positioning him. I mean, even as a trial lawyer. The best thing that you can do, I mean, and I do this all the time, is I get up there and I, I mean, not, not that I'm the best, but I get up there and I say, the state of Florida is against just little old me. I mean, look at right. them. They're so powerful. They've got these great minds. They're Politics so good. is all about managing expectations. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know? And he, look, think about, look at this virus. He's, his, his expectation management has been all wrong. He came out and said, oh, we've got, you know, eight people. Soon it'll be one. Then it'll be zero. Then he said it'd be gone by Easter. Then he said it'd be gone by summer. Where's the management of expectations? 
None. Does. Like when you know, if a client has a consultation with me and I say, I guarantee the charges will be dropped, they're going to notice when the charges aren't dropped, right? Like they're not going to yes. be happy afterwards thinking, you know, she promised the charges were dropped. I'm in prison, but I still think she did a good job. She did a great so job. She told me she would get the charges <laughs> dropped. I, I, mean, I, don't understand, I don't understand how people still are undecided about this guy. I don't think there are, by the way, I don't think there are people who are undecided about this guy. I, well, those I, people were not right. The people at the, at that town hall were clearly not that they didn't like him. I think, I think there weren't any people who were like neutral. I think that most of those people did not like Trump, but they weren't sure they were going to vote and they weren't sure they were, you know, they were, this is the thing. Had- He's the incumbent and he's under 45% approval. Exactly. There's exactly. no way that he wins the election like that. Maybe he gets another point and a half, gets up to 45, but 55-45 is not winning the election, no matter how messed up the Electoral College is. Well, there'll be, there will be a ch- some cheating element, I think, coming forward at some point. I mean, he'll do something, you know, dastardly. You know, I think we can expect it. And again, the fact that he's not spending... Any money. We're going to get a we're going to get a report from Bill Barr in like two weeks or three weeks that, you know, names Joe Biden as an unindicted co-conspirator for some drug (laughs) ring or something. All right. Hold on. I gained nine pounds during covid. I have now lost all nine of those pounds. I had started to slim down prior to covid because I was supposed to do multiple in-person appearances in April and May. And I wanted to get I was going to Europe in March or in April. And then when I came back from Europe, I was going to California. Then I was going to Tennessee and I was going back to California. I had a bunch of things where I had to be in front of an audience. Yeah. And I said, all right, I'm a little chubby. I always have to go on a diet after the holidays. Right. So usually I wait till after the Super Bowl because I have a big Super Bowl party. Then I have all this great food in my fridge for a week. I'm not going to not eat it. So I wait till that week after the Super Bowl. And then I, you know, I crash. I try to lose the five pounds or so I might've gained during the holidays. So I had started losing that weight when COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, I'm like, I ain't going to be caring about this. I, I, I didn't wear a belt <laughs> oh, for like, I didn't wear a belt for like three months. So it, the only joy in life. Yeah. I was like, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. give me a, give me a pint of Haagen-Dazs and a sleeve of Oreos and I'm happy. Right. But you're you, still running, right? I ran every day. I haven't missed a day in 625 yeah. days. How do you gain weight? How do you gain weight? Because you when, because you're, when you're running, you know, and, and then you're eating up, you know, a sleeve of Oreos and a pizza. No, you're loud. That's okay. No, not when you're my age. No, well, I'm older. I mean, uh, yeah, we we have a Peloton, which I know everyone thinks is obnoxious, but it's saved our lives, you know. But I still, I, I haven't, I don't think any pants fit me that aren't elastic. Well, I am back in fighting shape. Good. I got nowhere to go. But it's, yeah, you so, know. I mean, they won't let us go to any country, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think... Obviously, 2020, I mean, if you're asked, are you better off today than you were four years ago, who's saying yes? I I, there's right? nobody who could say yes. They say, well, I was better off in February. Well, it's not February anymore. Are you better off now? Well, that <laughs> wasn't even true. I mean, I think now all of a sudden people are nostalgic for like how it was before. But he, he sucked in February, by the way. I mean, and, you know, we haven't talked about the Woodward book. I My copy arrived. I haven't, unlike Donald Trump. Now, did it come with it? Did it? Did it come with a um, with the with the tapes? <laughs> well, uh, you know the tapes, his tapes, and Mary Trump. I mean, they both have like fifteen hours of tapes that we have not heard. Yeah. By the way, I mean, they, there are tapes out there, but the tapes we have heard. I mean, this guy is a misanthrope. You know, to 
he hates people. He especially hates the people who he, vote for him. Yeah, he does. He hates the people who vote for him. I mean, that's yeah. very clear to me. I don't know how it's not clear to them. They, he's not letting you into his country clubs. He doesn't even want you coming to his hotel. No, right. I mean, you can't, you know, afford it unless you're with the Secret Service and the government's right. came out in the Washington Post today. That was one of eight scandals that came out today. But that Olivia Troy, who is the Veep's aide who came out and said, I'm a lifetime Republican and I'm voting for Biden because this guy, I mean, just she's on the COVID task force. Yeah. So she knows this stuff. I mean, COVID... If this, if this was like the Ford Pinto, I mean, this guy would be in prison yeah. for negligent manslaughter, right? Yeah. Like, there is no doubt that, you know, he knew in February, you know, Joe Biden knew in January because he wrote an op-ed about it, but he knew in February, told Woodward, this is a killer. This yeah. is worse than any flu. He, he actually called it a strenuous flu, which is not... Uh, he said it's not, worse than any strenuous flu. Right. I, 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 not I, the right word. <laughs> I titled my podcast last week. He knew he knows he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. Well, he doesn't care because he's getting tested. He's getting, you know, protected. He won't die. Everybody put your mask on when he comes on stage. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's that is the empathy gene that he's missing. And I think people, you know, if the one thing I got from that town hall is these people are over his malarkey. To yeah. A Bidenism. They don't like him. Yeah. They don't like him. They're just not sure they're not. They don't. They're not voting for him. Right. Like these right. undecideds, I don't think are voting for him. That's why I think Biden's kind of have to start running some positive messaging out there, which he's doing. He's but, doing, I mean, I, I think, again, I see as, I see a lot of people criticizing him. He's not doing this, he's not doing that. You know, I'm in the Petri dish of Florida, so I do see what he's doing. And they are really positive ads. I mean, first of all, the health care ad with his own children, you know, and, and I think that Where's Hunter thing is obviously, you know, backfiring because that is his surviving son. Yeah, and he and was the, there. He was at the and, convention in the most yeah. important spot, introducing yeah. his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know these that story is a really heartwarming story about his kids and the you know the car accident and yep. driving and then losing Bo and he talks about insurance. I mean, again in Florida, this is a massive issue. We have we didn't expand. We never took the Medicaid expansion. Um, you know, unlike a lot of red states that actually did do the right thing. Yeah, Florida didn't do that. You know, I mean, people are not covered here, and it's it's getting worse. It's gotten worse during. The pandemic, it got worse. And it's that a- issue, I mean, I think that is going to be, you know, that's the feel good, you know, even though it's not feeling good. He's not just running ads, unlike Hillary, who really did run mostly attack ads yeah. on Trump. He's not really doing that. I mean, because we all see it every day. It's not we, know. we know. I think Americans know the guy's no good. He's no yeah. good. You know, yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I still, I mean, I, I wake up every morning and go, how is he even at 43% in the approval of polls? I, 43%, which is, is horrible going into an election. It's horrible. Any other president at 43%, we'd be like, ah, I mean, this guy's done. He's at 43%. Somehow we think he's going to win. People think he's going to win. I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I, and I mean, you know, the 538 has him at a 25% chance of winning, 24%. I mean, he's not likely... Good, you know, the market. No, but he's one in four. I was explaining to my producer before the show. One in yeah. four happens all the time, right? If you're a horse, uh, you were telling me you're watching Saratoga. I don't know if you did it on the air yeah. or not. But yeah, if I you're guess. a horse and you're one in four, you've got a real, you're, you're the favorite at one in four. 
Yeah, although, I mean, that involves an element of chance that I think the polling kind of eliminates, right? I mean, he's one in four because when we ask hundreds of people over and over and over and over, he doesn't come out on top. I mean, at this point in 2016, he was ahead in some polls. Right. We had polls where, you know, a third of the polls, you would see him ahead. He's only ahead in Rasmussen. And even that, it's like, He's barely ahead. He's like one oh, and they point. Have to be, you know, they have to really. Rasmussen does the same thing every year. They they yeah. put out a poll where he's down, and then they slowly yeah. bring him back up. It's like they fake everything. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Right. And so you can throw that out, and that's also in the average, though, right? Yeah, so part of why he's at that's 5%, true. Percent. That's you know? true, Janet. But this has gone. Like I said, <laughs> it always goes so fast. The time of us is over. Crazy. Oh, you yeah. are one of my favorite guests. <laughs> You're one of my favorite people. Thank you. Thank you. We'll keep the faith down in Florida. It's going to be okay. That's my buddy Janet. Sorry for the rough edits uh, when two people who know each other, like each other, talk on the air. Sometimes uh, the intros don't get as, uh, they're not as tight. So I'll be right back. Buckle up, folks. The Car Pro Show podcast is here to rescue you from the doldrums of everyday life. And you can find it on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast cravings take you. What do we have here, Doctor? Looks like yet another case of the Car Pro Show podcast giddies. Do you concur? I concur. And it's spreading like wildfire. I know, but the podcast is so powerful. Jerry and Kevin dish out all the juicy car news from the Car Pro Friends universe. They review and chat about the latest car lineups from all the big players in the industry. And they take live calls to help steer car buyers in the right direction. It's highly addictive and impossible to shake. Do we alert the press? Are you crazy? If more people discover the Car Pro Show podcast and its cornucopia of car curriculum, this thing will spiral out of control. <laughs> Listen to the Car Pro Show on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast desires take you. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. <laughs> The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing. But the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are now on the Car Pro Show. He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself! Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jen, and I always enjoy talking politics with her. And She'll definitely be on my radio show a lot more uh, between now and the election. Um, and maybe she'll make a surprise appearance on the pod. Got a lot of cool things going on. But uh, here we are. I mean, uh, we're all rattled by the loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and we are all going to fight hard. We are all going to be shot out of a cannon now for the next six weeks. And that's it, baby. Six weeks. We are down to the wire. And it's going to be tight 
all over, but I think he's going to win all over. Uh, and I, I there's going to be some places he's going to win big, and we're not even thinking about. It. I'm just, I just feel it. I feel it. Uh, if I'm wrong, God help us all. But I don't think I'm wrong. I think I'm right this time. I, I know I was wrong in 2016, but I wasn't as wrong as most. I think that I was very cautious about uh, saying that Hillary is going to run away with it. I didn't think that at all. That's not what the polls were showing me then. The polls are showing me something very different right now. I, and the number I keep looking for is where is Trump in the polls? He's the incumbent. And even in states where he has a slight edge, like Texas, he's at like 47. Biden's at 46 in the average of polls in those states. Uh, 47 doesn't win a state generally. Now, I got it. There might be some others, but you know, with four and a half percent undecided, you got to think that the undecideds are going to break three to one for Biden. Because if you're undecided about Trump right now, it means you don't like him, period. You're done with them. So I hope I'm right. I really do. And I, by the way, I hope, let me just go back to that interview with Janet. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the little part where I talked about my COVID weight. Um, you know, I do run every day. But you can't outrun a bad diet. And I had a really bad diet during the first six months of COVID. And I've reversed course and lost all that weight and a couple more pounds now. And uh, I still don't have anywhere to go. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on television, but you only see me from the waist up on television. I don't think you've noticed even the nine pounds I gained uh, during COVID. Uh, I'm not making any speeches anytime soon. I mean, I, not in the foreseeable future at all. Uh, probably not for another year or two. So uh, no need for me to be slumming a suit. I just was feeling really disgusting. So took care of it, dieted, didn't kill me. Um, and I'm going to try to keep it off. I'm going to try to lose a little bit more so I get a little bit of a cushion and then I'll ease up a little bit. But um, I think we all got to take care of ourselves in this time because, you know, physically, you know, I, I think a lot of us, myself included, let that, you know, you retreated into something comfortable. And for me, it's ice cream. I mean, ice cream and cookies. And there was a bakery nearby that was staying open during the height of the pandemic. And I felt the need to support it. And and while it's good to support local businesses, I didn't need to eat all of their cookies and cakes. I didn't need to do that. Didn't need to have chocolate chip muffins in my house at all times during the pandemic. But I did. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're great people and I love them and, uh, I'm glad my family enjoyed that stuff, but I am, I, I'm off it for a little while. I'm going to, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good for at least till the holidays. And then, you know, you gain a little weight during the holidays. It's okay. You lose it after the holidays. It's the way life is. I mean, of course, if Trump wins, you will find me, you know, I'm going to have to buy a, a Ben and Jerry's franchise just because it, it'd be better for me to just buy the franchise and, and run an ice cream joint because all the money I'm going to be investing in Ben and Jerry's ice cream to drown my sorrow. I'm not a drinker. I'm a runner. You know, my one real vice is running and my, my real vice of, of uh, you know, that, that, that might be bad for me is, is, is ice cream and Ben and Jerry's particularly, I shouldn't be saying that they're not a sponsor, but, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's, that's where I'll be. <laughs> if Trump wins, I'll be buried in Ben and Jerry's. Uh, I'll be th- eating milk and cookies and uh, the s'mores type and half baked and all those great things. Um, but 
I'm hoping we're all taking care of ourselves. And part of the reasons why I wanted to get fit is because I know how stressful the next six weeks are going to be for me and for America and for all of you listening out there. So just remember to take care of yourselves. Be ready for anything. And do not worry. Don't worry. Work. Okay? That's my motto to you. Don't worry. Get to work. Adopt a state. Get people to the polls. Vote early. Have a plan. Be ready. This guy's going to try to steal. We've got to not let him. And if we're all working, we're going to win. This podcast has been growing every week. I thank you for telling your friends to listen. I hope I'm worth the time. And I want to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to Progressive Progressive Podcast.